Here's a list of things I trust more than the mainstream media. My ex-girlfriend, two-day-old sushi, Kevin Spacey with my nephew, my father's promises, my most handsome friend being a good wingman, boomers on Facebook, and those people who say 5G towers will end the world. But despite all this, they largely control the news cycle, so we must have conversations we don't enjoy. Like when I had to tell my grandma she's going into a home not because she's old, but because she's simply annoying. Welcome to the Political Deactivist Podcast. We're going to talk about three things. We're going to talk about defunding the police the right way. We're going to talk about Black Lives Matters, of course. And we're going to talk about a new film I just discovered. And no, it's not my film. But if you do want to watch my film at anotherwaymovie.com, I would really appreciate it. Put a comment there or some abuse. I don't care. I love the attention. So the Black Lives Matters protesters are calling to defund the police, but not in an intelligent way, just like bang, no more police. Maybe that will work, but the crazy thing about this is that the mainstream media are just lapping it up, and they're not, (laughs) apart from conservative channels, of course, but they're just lapping it up. Even in Australia, the project uh, brought it up, and they were like, yeah, this is great, and uh, they were like, oh, it's not just defunding the police, it's overhauling the whole system and starting from the ground up, and it's like... (laughs) What does this even look like? And it's funny because just a month ago before these protests start, if a libertarian was would, would say, oh, we should defund the police, we'd be called crazy, we'd be called stupid, we'd be called extremists. But, you know, all of a sudden, it's now a popular opinion. So what would this look like? So with no police, uh, would there be rioting and looting forever? Would you get shot walking down the street? Uh, what And what problem are we actually trying to fix? Okay, so the first problem is, I guess, racism or maybe more tangibly police brutality. Now, the problem uh, that libertarians see is that state police have a monopoly on violence and, frankly, no accountability. Uh, And the other other stark thing that these BLM uh, protesters don't talk about is the fact that when crime goes up, the police are given more power and funding, which means they aren't actually incentivized to stop crime because when things are bad, they get more funding. And it's so funny because after these protests, things are going to be worse. So they're going to get more funding. So I don't understand how they think they're going to defund the police by rioting. But, you know, that that's neither here nor there. Let's press on. The police are the revenue branch for the government. Without police, the government can't steal wealth from the people. They can't enforce tax law or anything else without the police. And it's funny because the police aren't actually obliged to protect you. There are two high court cases in America that prove this to be true. I've linked them in the past episode's show notes. And also in Australia, in New South Wales, the the police motto is not to serve and protect. Uh, It's punishment comes quickly upon crime. So their actual role is punishment, uh, which I find really interesting. Now, if, if we're of the mind that Uh, We're innocent until proven guilty, if that's kind of the mantra of the West. If we're all innocent until proven guilty, how do we justify the amount of force that police officers use? How do they get away with it? So when uh, when they arrested that lady for exercising her rights during the lockdown, when she stripped her from her child and threw her in the back of a paddy wagon, was that excessive force or were you just like, oh, that's fine? She wasn't charged with anything because she wasn't guilty. She was perfectly within her rights. Okay, what about the uh, the Indigenous Australian 
who swore at a police officer and he kicked the feet from under him, slammed him on the ground. Okay, is that justified? Here's a quote from The Ethics of Liberty by Rothbard. We may qualify this discussion in one important sense. Police may use such coercive methods provided that the suspect turns out to be guilty and provided that the police are treated as themselves criminal if the suspect is not proven guilty. For in that case, the rule of no force against non-criminals would still apply. Suppose, for example, the police beat and torture a suspected murderer to find information. If the suspect turns out to be guilty, then the police should be exonerated, for they have only ladled out the murderer a parcel of what he deserved in return. His rights had already been forfeited uh, by more than that extent. But if the suspect is not convicted, then that means the police have beaten and tortured an innocent man, and that they in turn must be put in the dock for criminal assault. In all cases, police must be treated in precisely the same way as anyone else. In a libertarian world, every man has equal liberty, equal rights under the libertarian law. There can be no special immunities, special licenses to commit crimes. That means that police in a libertarian society must take their chances like anyone else. If they commit an act of invasion against someone, that someone had better turn out to deserve it. Otherwise, they are the criminals. I'm going to pause here to say how difficult it is to read out loud something that hasn't been designed to be read out loud. My goodness. But you should go and read that paper called The Ethics of Liberty uh, by Murray Rothbard. It's amazing. Just Google it. You'll find it. So if we were to slowly and systematically defund the police per se, what would happen? What would the the most likely uh, logical next step be? Shop owners and homeowners would invest in better security for their stores. If it's not crim safe, then it's not crim safe, they say. Man, those commercials are great, weren't they? People would voluntarily uh, create neighborhood watch associations. There would be CCTV on every private building and every residency. You can actually get a four-camera security kit from JB Hi-Fi for like 200 bucks. It's crazy. Uh Private security would be hired more and more, and more and more private security companies would be created, creating more competition and a better quality of service for everybody. In any case, it sounds much better than just relying on state police who have the monopoly on violence. So if they didn't have the monopoly, if George Floyd was killed by a private police officer, uh, one, he would be tried for murder or manslaughter straight away. Um, as we just discussed. Uh, Two, defunding wouldn't require protest. It would require you to just open your app and click end subscription and then subscribe to another company. That's as simple as it could be. That's what we should be aiming for. Do you think anyone in Australia would continue to fund the police after how they have been treating people? Breaking up funerals during COVID, stripping children from their mothers, stopping weddings. Who would pay for that? And you might be thinking, wow, this is hypothetical. You're just like the BLM protesters. You're just talking in hypotheticals. Well, these are things that already exist. Private security outnumbers the police in most countries. In China, they have 5 million people to 2.7 million people. Uh, In India, they have 7 million to 1.4 million. In the United States, they have 1.1 million to 800,000. 
800,000. In Brazil, they have 1.7 million to 600,000. In Russia, 800,000 to 600,000. In Japan, 459,000 to 246,000. Do I keep going? In Germany, they have more. In South Africa, they have more. In the United Kingdom, they have more. And in Australia, they have more. We employ more private security guards than government police officers. Why is that? It's already a thing. So again, I ask, who wants to fund the state police? Who would fund them voluntarily? Who would actually pull out their wallet if they weren't forced to by said police? Who would actually pay for that? Karen. That's who. That's all I can think of. It's the Karens of the world. My conspiracy is actually that this overreach of power that we've been seeing is actually just a direct response of the government being offended by us always saying OK Boomer on their posts. Well, at least we know the damage the boomers can do. Another point to make here is that you can't defund the police in a real way without the right to bear arms. And it's funny because most of the protesters probably have this conflicting view. Defund the police, although take our guns away. Because without police, you need your own protection for yourself and your property. Gun ownership is a deterrent for crime. I'll link to a study in the show notes where you can read all about that. A close friend of mine actually um, went to high school with a girl who had her house broken into and men beat her in her own bed, causing her to go blind. They just waltzed into her house, kicked the door down, beat the crap out of her, and now she's blind. In countries where we don't have the right to bear arms, 40% of burglaries happen more when people are actually at home, in their homes. In the US, it's only 13%. That's a big difference. Because you're less likely to break into someone's house when they're at home if you think they have a gun. Now, I'm not a huge fan of guns. I'd say I'm a pacifist. There's actually a great Megadeth music video that shows the accidental deaths due to firearms, which is really, really good. But it speaks more to the lack of responsibility rather than the issue whether it should be a right, a right to defend yourself. Because in Australia, right now, if you're a woman and you're walking to your car late at night and two men who are physically bigger than you and stronger than you, come up to you wearing hoods. The only thing you're allowed to defend yourself with are your fists. I think there's a real problem there. So the right to defend yourself, the right to bear arms, is very, very important if you're going to defund the police. And it's, in fact, it's very, very important anyway. Another quick point to add here is that there's a lot of rioting and looting going on during these protests, which is not good. And people say, oh, well, look, this is what happens when you have no police. Actually, there are more police there than ever trying to stop it. And what you need to think of is if we systematically defund them, it's going to be a different story. In New York City, when the police went on strike, there wasn't a huge peak in crime. So just remember that it's it's a systematic approach that we need to take. We need to, to realize that there are better ways of doing things and there are better ways than having the state have a monopoly on violence. We need a whole police to account. At the end of the day, we've been taught that this is the only way the state provide the police because that's how we grew up. We grew up under this system. Actually, it hasn't always been this way. Policing was handled by the community up until 1840 in the USA. Hopefully, people start to look at the history and other alternatives to government police uh, that are armed to the teeth and ready to expel their homoerotic fantasies of racist revenge upon anyone they can find. 
If you want to learn more about private policing and how it would look in the, I guess, Rothbardian society, I've linked to two podcasts in the show notes pages. They go into more detail, but look, I've got a low attention span, man. I'm not as smart as these guys. I just like to rant. This podcast was originally called Randy Rants and Randy Vance, but that wasn't serious enough. So let's talk about Black Lives Matters. It's, to me, it's almost boring at this stage because... Oh man, some of the some of the memes are just cringe. Um, no one's saying anything intelligent. Uh, if you say all lives matter, you you're a moron in my book. Um, and if you say Black Lives Matters, you're pretty much the same. Larry Elder on Twitter had this to say, which I thought was a really really good tweet. Assume there's a vaccine against racism. Would seventy percent of all black kids still be raised in fatherless homes? Would 50% of blacks still drop out of many urban high schools? Would 25% of young black urban men still have criminal records? Would blacks still kill 7,000 blacks every year? And there are a lot of people at the protests who go and kind of counter this uh, protest of Black Lives Matter saying, well, do all Black Lives Matter? Why don't you protest against these? And then they say, oh, you're mixing the issue, but it's a good point if seven if seven thousand blacks are killed by blacks every year that should be something you're concentrating on because i say black communities matter i don't think it's about black lives matters i think it's about the community you need to reform the community and figure out how to do that but you know what no one listens to me because i'm a white boy um some would say i'm albino which is hurtful because my father was actually kidnapped by a pack of pink-eyed albinos off the coast of tasmania you can read about it in the papers it was really really horrifying uh walter e williams on uh facebook uh said this to put police shootings in a bit of perspective in chicago alone in 2020 there have been 1260 shootings and 256 homicides with blacks being the primary victims That comes to one shooting victim every three hours and one homicide victim every 15 hours. Three people in Chicago have been killed by police. If one is truly concerned about black deaths, shooting by police should figure way down one's list, which is not to excuse bad behavior by some police officers. Now, uh, how do you... Black Lives Matter, yes. Why aren't we talking about this? These are the kind of things that I want to see in the mainstream media, but they just don't want to talk about it. And by the way, the two people I've quoted, not that it matters to me, but it probably matters to you, are both African-American. Again, I just say black communities matter. You need to reform the communities because I hate police probably more than most people. But I don't. Uh, but to pretend that police brutality is the main source of the problem is more than retarded. One of my all-time favorite political commentators and economists is uh, Thomas Sowell, and he said this, racism is not dead, but it's on life support. Kept alive by politicians, race hustlers, and people who get a sense of superiority by denouncing others as racists. And how is racism kept on life support? Well, there's a great movie coming out called Uncle Tom that I just discovered is about the black conservative movement. Um, I wish it was a black uh, libertarian movement, to be honest, but uh, like a lot of groups, I think they tend to identify the problem, but they don't quite get to the solution, which I think is the right solution. And everyone knows who's listening to this is that Randall is always right. But 
in the show notes page. I'll link to a trailer to Uncle Tom and possibly even the website. But that's all I've got for you today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you enjoyed it, follow this podcast. You can find it on Spotify, on Google. You can find it on Apple, iTunes. You cannot find it on YouTube because YouTube does not like me at all. In fact, they have shadow banned my documentary, but you can still see it at anotherwaymovie.com. See it while it's still there. Put a comment on it. Subscribe to the channel. If you have difficulty, you need to change your YouTube uh, restriction settings. But other than that, have a great week and tell me what you think. Tell me, do black communities matter? Do all lives matter or do no lives matter? I tend to, I tend to agree with the, the latter. No lives matter. We all deserve to die. But I'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Political Deactivist Podcast.